Welcome to The Drum Shuffle, a podcast offering insights, perspectives, and conversations for drummers. I'm your host, Jamie Eads. How's it going out there, everybody? Welcome to the Drum Shuffle. Jamie Eads joining you as I do each and every week. This is episode 139. I hope everybody's having a great week out there. I hope everybody is getting prepared for the holidays because they are upon us. Beautiful fall weather out there. Really enjoying this time of year. Uh, Just can't thank you enough for tuning in. Hey, we've got a fantastic episode for you today. I am going to be joined by Simone Pratico today to talk about his new album, Oriunda, uh, right after this message from our sponsor, Los Cabos Drumsticks. The best kept secret for drummers is finally out. Los Cabos Drumsticks may look like the sticks you grew up with, but these are not your father's drumsticks. Los Cabos Drumsticks is Canada's number one drumstick brand, and they are coming to a retailer near you. With operations in over 28 countries worldwide, thousands of drummers have already discovered the Los Cabos difference. Using FSC certified wood from Canada and the US, Los Cabos make the finest quality drumsticks, percussion tools, and accessories on the market. The best news, Los Cabos Drumsticks offers you a ton of choice. They have 22 individual drumstick models and 14 percussion tools, many of which are available in three different wood types, maple, white hickory, and red hickory. Red hickory comes from the center or heart of the hickory tree and has been independently proven to be both stronger and more elastic than white hickory without adding a lot of weight. While most drumstick manufacturers have shunned red hickory, Los Cabos Drumsticks has embraced it, becoming the only established stick brand in the world to offer a full line of red hickory drumsticks. To learn more about Los Cabos Drumsticks, visit them online at loscabosdrumsticks.com, follow them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and don't forget to ask for Los Cabos Drumsticks at your favorite retailer. Dare to be different. Join the Red Hickory Revolution with Los Cabos Drumsticks. All right, guys and girls, as I mentioned before the break, we're going to be joined by Simone Pratico uh, here in just a moment. Uh, Simone is a, a an Italian-based drummer um, who has also spent quite a bit of time in Paris and New York. Um, he has a very unique career in that he has specifically set his career up so that he is spending time at home in Rome, part of the year in Paris, and part of the year in New York. Um, It's a very unique setup. Uh, His new record, Oriunda, uh, was released on Friday, November 12th. Uh, It is his second album as a leader, uh, but this guy just has so many great credits to his name, and we have a fantastic conversation. Uh, I cannot recommend his new record enough. If you don't already have it, you should go pick up a copy uh, without a doubt and check the links over at thedrumshuffle.com for where you can pick up your copy. 
but please help me welcome to the Drum Shuffle podcast, Simone Pratico. Good evening, Simone. How are you, sir? Hey, Jamie. <laughs> Very good. And you, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm so, yeah, thanks for taking time to come on. You know, I, I think you may be the the first interview I've done with someone actually in Italy. Really? Yeah, wow. I, I, I think, yeah. I think so. Wow. You know, I've, we've had Italian drummers, but they're usually on tour in the States. So uh, I appreciate you <laughs> helping me get through the time challenges and the, you know, the time differences and taking time out of your evening to do this. We appreciate it. Yeah, no, this is quite here, here in Rome. It's nice, 7 p.m. We are, you know, Italian, we are late in everything, like dinner, late dinner. It's quite early here. <laughs> I'm very glad to be you know, on Drum Shuffle. So, well, we we certainly appreciate you. Yeah, we certainly appreciate you taking the time to do it. So, um, for for our listeners who may not be familiar with you, I, I want to do what I traditionally do, and that's kind of go through the very the very beginning. Um, so you sure. you were born in Rome and started playing at a very early age. But the thing that jumped out to me the most is you started studying at a very early age with, quite frankly, one of my heroes, the great Roberto Spizzicino, who, you know, <laughs> I still covet one of those legendary ride symbols. Um, I just can't afford one. But so you started at an early age. So tell me how you, do you remember back? Why did you choose the drums? What, what, do you come from a musical family? Uh, look, no, my brother used to play guitar, but in fact, as my, I mean, as my parents were telling me that I was always, you know, hitting something since I was really Really, like two, you know, two years, two years old. Everything, you know, with uh, I don't know, forks, knives. Everything was like a rhythm for me. And um, and then I, I did have drums here. We're talking about the seventies, you know. Uh, and uh, so I, my brother built some drums with, you know, like uh, cardstone, something like this, and. Um, and then uh, I was really my passion. So I was playing already with him. I also playing along the, the, the records we have at home, which was mostly not that much actually, because my father, my my parents were more classical, you know, music. But uh, we had some like uh, mainly Motown music from my my brother, uh, hard baggage, <laughs> and. Uh, what, and uh, yes, and also traditional Nato Napolitan music, which is uh, with a uh, frame drums, you know. Sure. I don't know if you know. Yeah. And I was playing a lot every afternoon. Yeah. Every, every afternoon. And then my mom said, okay, it's time to <laughs> do something with this. And uh, uh, there was a little jazz school in the room. Uh, called I can't remember Mississippi Jazz Club, and the uh, and the teacher drum teacher was Roberto Spizzichino. So I was there, and Roberto after six months left the school, and I called back my mom and said, "Okay, 
this little one, I would like to, to continue, keep giving him lessons. So can you bring me to my home in the afternoon? I said, okay. So basically, I spent my, it was, Roberto was kind of my drum teacher, but also my babysitter every, <laughs> every, <laughs> or, almost every afternoon, you know? So I was playing on his grudge drum kit. He was cooking, you know? He was, uh, sometimes I was on, he, he put my ad, foot on headphones. I was playing with the, uh, it was amazing. Because he was like, um, he has been for me like a second father, really, really. Actually, I was the only, uh, when he passed away, I was only one called by the family, you know, to go there. And uh, for me, it was like a big, big loss, but he gave me so much, so much. You know, it's not only in terms of uh, symbols. You know, when I was starting with him, I was a kid. He was starting his experimental, you know, like cooking mm-hmm. symbols <laughs> in the kitchen. Why I was making paradiso, you know. He was, ah, wait, go ahead. I have to do something. I want to try something. So he was kind of, uh, how do you say, alchemist? Yeah, you know. Yeah, sure, yeah. And uh, he, he has very deep, deep vision of the music and of the drums. He always told me, okay, you didn't. You, a few things are important when you play the intensity, you know, this is the main thing, uh, focus and intensity. Then the rest is, you know, uh, I remember we spent maybe eight years ago, maybe more, three days in Tuscany where he was, uh, he has, uh, no, no more. What did I say? Cause he died before. Yeah. With Adam Cruz, you know the drummer, Adam? Sure. Which is my, one of my favorite, he's a great friend of mine. And we went to, and Roberto, we spent three days trying symbols. I was like, they got you crazy. I was like hanging out in the, <laughs> in the country <laughs> while they're trying. But it was, and uh, Adam told me, wow, this guy also plays amazing. He has a swing, incredible. He's, he's not playing. Why? I said, that's Roberto. He's, he's, is a philosopher, as we say here. <laughs> now it was great, man. But, um, and I think he gave me great basic, you know. Also. Well, the, the you know, I, I, obviously, I never got to meet Roberto, um, but it, he had such a love for jazz music and such a deep understanding of what jazz drummers wanted to hear. Um, you know, and when, when he started making symbols, you know, when I first heard of these symbols, I was like, look, there is no ride symbol worth $10,000. You know, I mean, that, that's what I thought <laughs> until I heard one. Exactly. And then I went, yeah, that's worth every penny of it. <laughs> you know, um, no, no, it's, it's crazy. Uh, if one day you have the, we, yeah. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say it really is crazy at, at just how great those things were and are. Um, so, you know, I'll say to all my listeners, if you ever see a Spizzacino symbol someplace, buy it. It's worth every penny. That's true. That's true. Then, uh, I mean, it's also a good place to talk about this just for the drummer community. Uh it's good to know he was a lovely man, 
He was not at all a businessman. <laughs> so uh, it's also a pity that his uh, this uh, these treasures he made. Sometimes people try to speculate on this. You know what I mean? Uh, for me, are piece of art, these symbols. You know, I don't have many actually. Yeah? Because, um, but the ones I have, I mean, I'm not carrying, you know, in tour with me. It's a, it's a home. I'm playing uh, in studio, you know. Sure. But this is, yeah, this is, this is for me, Roberto, I, I feel very lucky. First of all, he was uh, with me. His family is like, you know, my family. I consider this. But also lucky because he, he, I think he was part of the jazz. You know what I mean? Sound, really. Uh, sure, yeah. Said, the, 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 the real one, you know? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, yeah. Well, you know, you know... also he was... Go, no, go, with, with me, he was a little... With, with, you know, just one last thing. With me, he was like, okay, but... He was because every time we saw I go to to his place, say, you place so different, many different. So sometimes he was like giving me advices on symbols that he would not give to you know a, a, a jazz drummer. You know, like he was he also knew you know the I don't know I can remember the name. You know, remember the the rock symbols like pasty, the, the, the big ones, because they say, hey, you know, I have to do this. And uh, he was very open too. He was not like, you know, just police. You know? <laughs> he just, sure. he knew, he knew everything about, about symbols. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, just obviously just an artisan and it, and it, I can only imagine it must be just amazing to have him as, as such an influence in your life. And, you know, I, I know that you sort of, transitioned, you know, um, how, how do I get this across, you know, high school age, you know, so late teens, you started playing, you know, concerts, um, in, in Italy and it kind of led to, um, I, and I'll let you kind of tell the story, but it led you many different places. You know, you, obviously you spend, you know, you make your home in Italy, but you also have a home base in Paris and you have a, a home base in New York. But tell us how that all sort of started happening for you to, you know, to start moving to different places in the world to play. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I started very early, yes, to play. As you said, I have gigs here in Italy. Actually, I was very lucky because I had good gigs at the time. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, like uh, pop, uh, well-paid gigs at the time was existing. <laughs> and at uh, 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 the same time, the, the network, just network here in Rome and Brazilian, which is one of my musical was very rich, you know, very rich in terms of like great musicians. Still, I mean, still Rome is full of very, very good jazz musicians. So I was in very early age, I was able, first of all, to earn my life, you know, as a drummer, as a musician. And at the same time, learn a lot by older jazz musicians, because, you know, here 
I don't know if you know the scene, but the time was like, uh, I don't know, Chet Beck, I was not playing with Chet Beck, but many Americans lived in Rome and played with uh, local jazz musicians. And uh, I mean, there's this is this good tradition, you know, in our musician. Uh, actually, Italy is a very musical country. Sure. To say, so. But um, in terms in terms also jazz, what we like of drums, you know, for example, my family comes from Naples. Uh, I'm, Ro- I'm, I'm born and raised in Rome. Uh, but uh, a lot of great drummers uh, was learning from the U.S. Navy, you know, uh, big band. So sure. in Naples, you have great, you had great big band drummers, for example, from Naples, who was like, you know, learning from these guys come here because, uh, so it's, uh, that's also, yeah, this is, uh, this blend between Mediterranean stuff, South of Italy, uh, and, uh, Afro-American music for me has been, it's been my, you know, my feeding, like my baby bottle. <laughs> right, right and on. That, yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's such a great analogy to say, this is what I grew up on. So therefore it's going to come out. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, of course I, at the time there was no, you know, conservatory for jazz or like New York new school or I don't know what he was. I mean, it was, you had to play and find a good teacher and um, and uh, so I was lucky. So coming back to your your question, I was very uh, in my early twenties already. I was like recording in the artist very quite new here, you know, in Italy, like national. I I would say stars, you know, it's like a, a singers, uh, you know, kind of like this. And very soon I was I was attracted by living from here. I mean, leaving, I mean, go away at the first opportunity I had was in Paris, in France. So I started to work there with, uh, all, I was fell in love with African music, also, also with African musicians, uh, Brazilian a lot. And, uh, why? So I was like kind of back and forth from Italy, Paris, Paris, it was like, uh, I was young, it was okay, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and then in 2000, so, and we're talking years later, 2005, something, no, four, I go to Paris, I decide to, to move there, uh, also because I met my wife, of course, there's always, always a reason, and, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I became the house drummer of the Brazilian jazz session in, at Blue Knot in Paris at the time. Oh wow! Yeah. So, yeah. So I I decided to. I was a bit like um, uh, don't don't misunderstand me. I respect every everything, but I was a little bit tired about like pop music here, even if it was paying good. And uh, I decided to go there and try to stay more there. You know what I mean? Sure. So I was playing in since two thousand five. I was playing with everyone in town and also a lot of Brazilian great coming touring and from there um, yeah 
from there I played 2005. I had my first nice engage, engage, engagement in New York. So it came all together from this year, you know. Uh, so I, I was not that much at home, I can tell you, from uh, from uh, my, yes, 35 until the pandemic, let's say that. Sure. <laughs> well, and then I know that, you know, in just kind of reading through your history, you know, I, I know you got to New York, you know, somewhere around 2010, um, and you were, you know, doing master classes with people like John Riley and, and Kenny Washington. I mean, that's, of course. I, I mean, that's, yeah. that's royalty that you're studying with, you know? So how I'm curious, you know, obviously Rome, big city, Paris, big city, you know, thriving art scenes. And then you get to New York, which obviously is the largest city in the U S and there's a great jazz scene there, or at least there was, you know, back in those days. Um, how hard was the transition along the way? I mean, it, I guess if you're a good player, you're going to find work. But, y- you know, how how difficult was it for you as you were making these moves, um, you know, becoming the the the. You know the house band at the Blue Note for the Brazilian Jams in Paris. That's a first call kind of gig. I mean, you you obviously have chops. How did you find that transitioning to New York to play? Was it much more difficult, or was it about the same? Look, I think once again, uh, I was lucky because I was when I go to New York. When I go, I have that my you know. Um, let's say my artist, except from 2005, yeah, but I was always called by production. You know what I mean? Uh, European production or something like this, I did like a radio show, I don't know if you have, but so uh, I didn't have to uh, to make, you know, the hard life, the, the struggle of the of the life in New York, which I don't know if I will. I mean, there was a, a moment with the, which with my wife, we were thinking, okay, let's do, let's move there and make you know the 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 move, you know, so without coming back in Europe. But at the same time, I think I was my my chance was that I was called uh, for engagement. From production, so I didn't have to uh, live with gigs at eighty bucks. You know what I mean? Sure. So, so I it, did this. You you weren't starting yeah. over every time. In other words, uh, start over. What do you mean? Well, Again, to start from zero. That's what do you mean? Yeah, starting from zero. You weren't doing that, so you already had some gigs lined up when you, you know, with each move exactly. that you made. Okay, that that makes sense, and it, it makes it a whole lot easier. <laughs> you know, yeah, very much, a lot easier in New York. But at the same time, you know, the I think I had the opportunity to play 
with locals because I didn't go to New York like, hey, guys, I'm a jazz drummer, you know. <laughs> right. You, you know what I mean? It's like you come to Naples and say, the, hey, guy, I want to make a pizza better than you, you know. It's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I respect jazz, you know what I mean? Yes, I do. That's great. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit, I mean, that's, of course, the great Italian drummer I know living in New York, they play like uh, Americans. But also, you know, Jamie, that's not in my, it's not in my deep, it's not what I want, you know, it's not what I want. I want just to have my style and keep together what I did, all the experience who goes from, uh, yeah, from, of course, from jazz thing to, but I mean, I grew up with the groove, you know, with the with listening groove, Motown records, and uh, so a lot of Brazilian. That's why I also get a lot of Brazilian gig. I just recorded last week in Paris, actually, for Raul Mascareña, uh, who, who was the sax player with, uh, you know, Gilberto Gil, uh, Hermeto Pascual. And uh, it was so good to play a game Brazilian. I love this. I love this kind of rhythm or oh, music. So, but, sorry, I get lost. But, so today, I think, why worked? I mean, it worked. Um, I could play in the States because I think I came here as Simone, you know, with my experience, with my also my uh, weakness, you know. Yeah. Technical. I mean, I didn't. I didn't. Go, I didn't go to you know the school like uh, uh, new school or this uh, Berkeley. Even if you know when I was eighteen. I won a grant for Berkeley here in Italy. Yeah, I didn't go. That's crazy, yeah? yeah I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> it's a big regret. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but if you if you knew my girlfriend at the time, you will understand. <laughs> I want to stay here. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Well, I yeah. you know, I mean, okay. I think there's you know, you bring up a really interesting point there, you know, about the schools and and I've had many you know, graduates from Berkeley on the show, you know, some of the greatest drummers in the world and, you know, um, Frost in Miami and, uh, you, you know, um, it, you know, the New England Conservatory of Music. I mean, all of these great schools wow. and, and there's no question those are great players, but there's just as many people that didn't get that level of education that are incredible players. So I, I don't think there's one, one path that, that you have to follow to be successful, right? I think so. Yeah, of course. Of course. I said, I, I mean, I'm totally convinced about what you're saying. That's uh, for me is the truth, you know, for sure. I mean, of course, of course it makes things easier. You know, I played with a, uh, Paris Music Chambers Orchestra in the Philharmonie, which is a very important thing. Uh, of course, I felt my reading skills <laughs> compared to these guys. I was like, you know, I was like, I was thinking of myself that uh, I wish I, w I was going to school a little bit more, you know, to study <laughs> music. But uh, at the same time, with the age, you know, you, you learn how to memorize, and you also develop more, sometimes, how do you say, sensi and 
sensibility. You know what I mean? You some some you have other skills. Yeah, you de- develop other skills. You know. Sure. Well, and, so, and, you, and you have to. You know, I mean, because case in point, you bring exactly. up, you, you bring up reading. You know, I can read just enough to be dangerous, right? And so you figure out ways where, okay, this is a gig where you're going to have to do a lot of reading. You ask for the music ahead of time, <laughs> you know, so you exactly. can know what's going on exactly. so you don't have to sight read it because that's not a strength that exactly. I have. Exactly. No, no, no. That, that, exactly that this. But also what I'm saying is sometimes our weakness, our luck, I would say luck, you know, they are compensated by other stuff. You know? Of course, of course, Jamie, someone who goes in all these great, the young guys, you know, also who goes to these great uh, schools, conservatories, and on top of that, they have talent and they can develop other skills. That's what makes a great, great musician. But it's also true, yes, only going to a great school is not, a, it's not the only thing. It's not the only part, I just said. Yeah. Sure. Well, I, you know, and... But, Go, go, please finish your thought. Go ahead. No, no, I was just to say um, concerning uh, Kenny Washington, uh, you know, for me, it's something is, who never stops. I mean, when I go or I see someone, uh, I think I have to, uh, to, to learn something. I, even if I was already playing professionally, I wanted to go to Penny Washington, take this yeah, class with him. John Ryder, you know, she's uh, as well as for I don't know if you know him. But for me, one of the best drummer in New York is his name is Portinho. He's a Brazilian guy. He's 84. Is a and uh, he is not famous. Maybe as this guy, but he someone who wants to learn about the Brazilian music about the groove, about the funk, about the... It has to see this guy play, you know? Sure. Well, it, So it's, 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 it's a never-ending process. Absolutely. And, you, you know, I mean, I think for me, and, and I'm sure you're the same way, I never go see another band or another drummer where I don't pick up something new every time. Sure, exactly. You, you know, it's it's a lifelong That's- pursuit to, you know, improve our abilities on the instrument. And, you know, sometimes I see people do things or hear people do things and I go, wow, I never thought about it that way. So, you, you know, exactly. I, I don't know if it's stealing or not, but I incorporate that into my own playing every time I go see a different drummer play. Absolutely, that's it. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you know, even even yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Well, Go ahead. Sorry. I, I was just going to say it's you know I mean it's um, we are as musicians a sum of all of our parts. You know, meaning you took things from Roberto. You you took things from your time playing in in Rome as a as a teenager. You took. Uh, things from playing Brazilian music in Paris. You took things from, you know, Kenny Washington and, and John Riley. And, 
that's what makes Simone Simone, right? Yeah, I think. But it's, it's, that's exactly. Or if I, I played, uh, I don't know, a lot also with uh, North African musicians, you know, like uh, also Walmart, Abu Dhabi, uh, Peter Gabriel Festival, like world music. And, uh, and the thing that worked, worked for me was to be, it tried to be myself, you know, incorporate, as you said, incorporate this in my, in, C, in Simone, as you would do for James. The, I think it's sometimes what doesn't work is trying to be, you know, okay, I want to play uh, Cuban music as a Cuban guy. I mean, you can, but if you're Cuban, it works much better. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you, you have to, right. Yeah, you have, you have to, you have to spend the whole life. There's people who are doing great. I mean, uh, the other thing is find the point. You, you really touch your soul musically, the grooves, the musicality, and make it yours. For me, it's Brazilian. Yes, something of the Maghreb. Maghreb is North of Africa, you know, and uh, or African groups, you know. Uh, and I think I incorporate this. It's not voluntary. Yeah? I have to tell you the truth. It's just when I when I when I, I practice, I see my practice in this. It, it goes in this musical direction. You know? if, if, if even if I practice, I don't know Joe Morello. You know, uh, then I all the all his snare drum. You know, because I was oh Guy Lefebvre. I was uh, graduated with this great. Muscle or um, uh, military snare drum, you know, was it France was a great man. But I use this in in I use this naturally to 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 express what it touched me musically and rhythmically. You know what I mean? Which is a mix. Yeah. Yeah, I do, and and it's and it's all brilliant stuff, and you know, I I just think that. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to confuse anyone. If you love John Bonham from Led Zeppelin and you want to learn to play exactly like John Bonham from Led Zeppelin, that's great. And you can be in a Led Zeppelin tribute band and play all of his parts note for note. That's great, but it's not you. you, you exactly. You know, you have to... And if you spend too much time doing those things, you lose who you are as a musician, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. At the same time, as, as every master can tell us, they spend time to, uh, yeah, have models, but then they use the models to be themselves. <laughs> you know? Yes. It's good. You, you, you can, I mean, it's, you cannot be someone else. So it's the, as in life, you know, I think I know, it's very easy. Simple as this. You cannot be someone else. I mean, nowadays it's maybe a little different because, you know, music, some music doesn't really require a lot of personality, you know, from in general, not only drummers. But um, I think every time you, you bring something, you feel better, the music feels better. Something from you, from yourself, you know, from deep, from your personality. Even if it's music, you know, 
I think that's important, yes. I mean, I, I'm doing some master class doing in university in Switzerland. Okay. And uh, what I try, what I try to, I mean, I was doing before the pandemic, actually. I had to say, no, everyone had to say this. And um, uh, I call this rhythmic arrangement. People, so, of course, I, I teach drums, you know, the, all this stuff, but it's, uh, it's, it's, the, it's really the, 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 the intention you play one song, you know, that is the, it's not only the groove, it's not the technique, it's, but it's, it's, it's an ensemble of things. It's the sound you choose, it's the, uh, the groove, how you interpret the interpretation of the groove, the percussion, you can add the percussion here. And it's very, uh, and the young, I mean, the very good drummers there in this school. And, uh, and I was surprised because for us, maybe it's, uh, this is, you know, okay, of course, this is basic, basic you know. <laughs> but maybe they did, not everyone was thinking about this, the importance of, the importance of, um, yeah, make, make things feel real. Because you, you, when you play, you play something, you think, you feel is the right thing to play. So, and the music could be enriched by this, you know, get, get, get better from this, from your from your unicity. I don't know how to say, you know. Yeah, oh, no, no, no. I, and I completely agree. Um, and, and, you know, yeah. I, so I, I'm going to switch gears a little bit here and change directions because, you know, at, at some point, and I want to say your first record as a leader came out a few years ago, uh, you know, four or five years ago. Um, but I want to yeah. talk about your new record, which at the time of recording this is hitting the streets tomorrow. And I think this episode will air after the record is out. So it's coming out on yeah. November 12th, uh, worldwide. Uh, and it's, yeah. ca- and it's called Orianda. Um, and Oriundo. yes. Yeah, yeah. And so I have listened to this record and it's brilliant it's amazing. I love it. It's so good. Um, so let's talk a little bit about somewhere along the way you made the decision to do, uh, you know, a record, you know, now this is your second record as a leader. What, what led up yeah. to that? Um, it was very natural. I mean, very simply, it was the need I had to express something more, you know, than playing. Um, even if I, I mean, I was very lucky to to play in the last year with people who are I am very free to play with, like for other people, they let me play in my way, so it's fantastic. But I want to express more of myself, and um, that's it was more. Yeah, it's more like a, a need. We have to do something, you know. It's not because uh, uh, I would like to. to uh, it's not a simple question, you know. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> what you say. yeah. It's it's a deep question, you know. You know what I mean? Uh, because uh, yeah, it touched something. I, probably I had some, as many uh, as everyone has something inside you want to express, and then. Uh, 
that's it. That's the way to do it. And also, actually, I was very lucky because also I wanted to do it with people I feel good in the studio making music, but also when you go to the restaurant with musicians, you know, <laughs> of the band. Was, well, you know, I wanted to... It's not just about the music, you know, I want to express something. Actually, Oriundo is very resuming the title of... Um, for me, this one is very... I really care about this album just because I feel it more more personal, you know. Sure. Well, so, be, I, because yeah, it's, it's, it's co-composed with my great friend, one of my best friends, Klaus Mueller, an amazing piano player from New York, arranger, piano player. So, and we, we really have fun and uh, writing this music, you know. Sure, and it we, was we really wanted this. It, it was recorded in New York, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Always oh, same studio, Brooklyn. Okay. <laughs> I keep recording Michael Brobery. I love this place. Yeah. Well, the one thing that I notice about the record is, you know, and I've said this a million times on this show, sometimes when you hear, you know, okay, here's a jazz record, um, you know, that is being led by a drummer, you think, oh, it's going to be a drum solo a minute. You know, it's just going to be... <laughs> You know, somebody playing yeah. drum solos over, exactly. you know, jazz music. That That's not what this record is, although there are great drum parts. And I really loved um, Village Debate. I, I loved what you yeah. did there. And I, I think you were going for a debate in a village, literally. Like, you can almost hear the, the point and counterpoint of people debating one another with you on the drums, it's brilliant. Yeah, ah, thank you. But this is also yes. This is um, this is drum piece, for example. It's really a drum piece for me, and uh, and that's uh, I mean you 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 say everything. That's what what is about this. Of course, it's an improvisation. I did like one two one or two takes of this, and uh, and the, as we said, it's, it's about the feeling. The music gives you, you know. So when you hear back, okay, that's exactly. Uh, you can see, you know, uh, the guys playing cards, you know, <laughs> in the village, debating, or maybe the voices of uh, some. Uh, uh, and that's that's exactly what the uh, what I did. I didn't have in mind because I'm, I'm not thinking while playing, but the the idea is. Exactly this, you know, what you say about this this song, yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's just, and everything on there is great, and and I don't want to give everybody the wrong idea that it's nothing but you know drum pieces or whatever, because you know there's a track called "Promise Me You'll Remember," which you know it maybe I I missed it, but there's hardly any drums at all in in that piece, and it's just a beautiful melodic you know, ballad type piece. And the, the whole record is just, um, you're not going to put it on and listen to one song and say, yeah, I'm done. It, it's, you, you're going to want to listen to the whole thing when you, when you put it on. Um, and it's just brilliant. And, uh, you, you know, kudos to you because it's a, a wonderful collection of music. Oh, thank you very much. I really, really, I, I'm very happy to 
to hear this because I really care. For me, this album is very important. For me, personally, you know. And also, there's a lot of friends in this, you know, as I said, this great musicians playing. He was, the, everyone was in the same vibe, you know, uh, Klaus, Echette, Stettum, Double Beast, and Edward Paris too. Uh, I mean, I think this level was really made with love, you know. Sorry to say, it's a bana- maybe banality. <laughs> it's maybe sounds cheesy, but it's, it's exactly what it is, you know. Okay, so, as, um, yeah, it's also a lot about drums, of course, but without, yeah, compared to the, the, the first one I did. But, um, uh, I'm very happy, for example, there's an article came out on a good magazine in, in uh, France, and the guy said, yes, if someone thinks drums is not music, should we change the idea listen to this. <laughs> oh, wow. It was very nice. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. It's, I mean, you can, and it sounds fantastic, but you can tell that it was, um, you know, a project of love, you know, for without a doubt. It doesn't seem like it was just thrown together at the last minute. You know, it's, we can, you know, at least I can hear that you put a lot of thought into it and, and left space for the other musicians. It's just a, a really good record that I hope everybody will go out and, and pick up, but it leads me to another question. And, and, you know, the music world has been so different over the last year and a half, um, because of the global health pandemic. And, you know, for someone like you that spends time in three or four different countries, um, I, I'm assuming it's been a lot harder for you and, you know, we know how, uh, how hard Italy was hit early on in the pandemic. Um, d- talk to us a little bit about how you've had to adjust your operation based on not being able to travel, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's been very hard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, especially, yeah, because I, I mean, I don't like the term build, but I, I make my career, I choose to make it like living in different places and playing in different situations, like, uh, as you said, mostly Paris and uh, New York, but, you know, a lot of Germany, I went to Japan quite often, you know, and, uh, so, first of all, it's been super weird to be home, <laughs> but at the same time, my kids were super happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, in terms of, of works, was uh, yeah, but, uh, because some, I mean, I had the chance that they had still people calling me for recording session, for example, in Rome, you know, in, in Italy. So what that makes, but that. I mean, I was not traveling anymore. As you know, nobody knew also what's going to be after, you know, so. And, um, but at the same time, yeah, I decide to, that's what I'm doing actually, you know. I think you do already, you know, you know to, to set up like a little studio with good, good gear trying to create new music, you know. 
Sure. That's what I'm, yeah. That's what I, I mean. I didn't do this while the pandemic, but uh, that's what I'm, what the, this problem uh, suggested to me. It's like, Simone, okay, uh, you, of course, think will be better. You're, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get to travel a little bit. And, uh, but, uh, I realized that what I really want to do is produce music, you know, produce my music, my groups. And, uh, also because during the pandemic, you have a lot of calls, for example, for people who wanted, <laughs> you know, can you record these drums uh, or this arrangement? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I have to go to other studio course. So now I'm learning, uh, to do by myself and, um, uh, it will take time because I'm very picky, very difficult with myself. But I will do mainly for myself here. So, uh, but the pandemic was, uh, man, was, uh, yeah. As, uh, well, for I, me, I, who I, I didn't have, yeah, exactly. I, I was just going to say, you know, I think so many of us drummers, you know, made the, the decision, the same decision. And that is, I, I don't want to be reliant on someone else's studio that I can't go to right now. So a lot of us, myself included, started figuring out really quickly, how do I record drums at home? Right. And I, I just think it may not always be that we have to do that, but for now, it's a way to keep working and and keep honing our craft without being reliant on someone else's building or uh, or abilities or equipment um and it's a very hard process because you know i you you know very well um microphones aren't cheap <laughs> yeah okay yeah yeah no no i guess but at the same time you know it's also something who can I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm very honest. I cannot record yet. So I am very lucky because my, one of my best friends in Rome has a great studio. He's the one who mixed the part of the album because the two songs are mixed by uh, Klaus Müller and the rest is from Francesco De Niri. And this studio, he makes amazing sound. It's like <laughs> 20 minutes from my home. So if I want to do a very professional, then I know how, where to go. Sure. But uh, the thing of learning how to record our stuff is good. First of all, yes, people not necessarily need like a top studio quality every time. So it's good, you know. But also for our own creativity, it's very good to record our stuff with good quality, you know. It's super important for ideas and... Uh, composition is, uh, and then when you, we get, I, I'm sure you're very good, but if one day I will be good, yes, I can work with this, you know? Sure. Well, and I, I mean, I don't think there's a better teacher in the world than listening back to what you just recorded, right? When <laughs> I know I, yeah, exactly. I, I can pick myself apart in a recording session. And I can say, gosh, why did I do that? That's so stupid. You know, I, I need to improve there. <laughs> um, it's yeah. a, a great learning tool. So for everybody out there listening, you know, uh, 
record yourself playing, whether it's along to your favorite song or just a groove or, or whatever. When you listen back, it will help you get better, guaranteed. Definitely. Sure. Yeah. So, That's well, it. So I, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, you know, again, I'm going to encourage everybody to go out and pick up a copy of the record. Um, it will be out by the time you hear this interview. Um, as is our tradition here, Simone, we ask all of our guests for good advice to incorporate into our playing, our careers. Um, so as we wrap up, what would you offer up as an essential piece of advice for other musicians? I would say uh, be uh, real, you know, be yourself, be real. That's it. And that's, uh, that's great advice. And we touched on that a little bit earlier in the interview. And that is, you have to be you. You can't be somebody else. Try to be authentic. Yes. Try to be as much authentic as, as you can, because I know it's not always easy when you are a session musician, for example. But uh, I think nowadays, yeah, a musician who has skills, who study, who has a, you know, technical skills, huh? and on top of that, he has and a real authenticity, he's saying something to the music, you know, and that's, that's, we always have to remember why we started to do this, why we started to make music, I mean, so, uh, let's stay connected with this first choice we made, we made as kids or young, young men, you know, young people. Yeah, that's that's great advice. Well, listen, brother, such a good record. Um, congratulations on the release. Uh, you are always welcome to come on this show anytime you have anything going on. So please let's Whoa. stay in touch. And if you uh, get over this way, you know, um, if you're going to do any touring around the record or anything like that, let me know and we'll be sure to promote that. Before we let you go, how can folks find you, uh, you know, on social media and things like that so that they can follow your, your whereabouts? Yeah, it's made in Facebook. I have to artist page. And uh, I don't use that much Instagram, but I'm learning. So also Instagram. <laughs> I mean, the Facebook is Simone Pratico Official. I'm rebooting my website. And um, yeah, it's um, mainly this one. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, we'll be sure to link up to you on our website. But thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to come on the drum shuffle. And I wish you nothing but the best with the new record. Keep us posted on how we can help. Oh, Jamie, I'm super happy and thank you for this opportunity. I love actually this podcast. I, I, I knew it already. And um, yeah, I'm very glad, glad. Thank you so much, Jamie. Fantastic. I hope you have a great evening. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Bye. Ciao. 
All right, guys and girls, that's going to wrap up episode 139 of the Drum Shuffle podcast. Uh, As always, thank you so much for tuning in. We simply cannot do this show without each and every one of you doing so. Um, Go ahead and hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you use to listen in to the show. That helps us more than you'll ever know. The biggest thing you can do to help us is share a link with a friend. Tell a friend about the show. Uh, We sincerely thank you for those efforts uh, as we continue to grow here at the Drum Shuffle Podcast. Uh, We have some great guests coming up in the future. There are a couple that I am working on right now um, that are absolutely incredible. I have nothing to announce at this time, but I am working on uh, a couple of great shows coming up here uh, over the holidays. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. We do answer every single email that we receive here at the podcast. Uh, Our email address is thedrumshufflepodcast at gmail.com. Our web address is thedrumshuffle.com. And you can always find more information on me over at jamieeds.com. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. We simply can't do it without you. Your homework assignment, as always, go see a live band Uh, before live music goes away, if it is safe for you to do so. Again, thank you for tuning in. So until next time, may your head stay strong and your sticks never break. Cheers, everybody.